Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Do you struggle with subconscious beliefs and overcoming fears? Are you interested in discovering and creating a new earth? Well, on today's podcast, I have Aaron U. Masney. He is the founder of New Earth University. He has been in the personal development and transformational space for over a decade. With over 18 years of real estate development and broker experience, Aaron is passionate about collaborating with mission-driven entrepreneurs to create a new reality based on who we truly are. Aaron's deeply committed to supporting people by overcoming their subconscious beliefs with the four-step inner alchemy process that allows people to cut through the layers of societal conditioning and reveal their authentic selves. So without any delay, I'd like to welcome Aaron. All right. Wow. That was hey. a great intro, Dylan. So appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on, brother, man. I, I've had a great time rapping and connecting with you. You know, we've uh, we've had some really good one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations and you just seem like a dope-ass dude. So I figured we'd have a, a little conversation here and uh, see if we can share some of your insights with the community. Let's do it. I got some crazy stories, so we'll see, we'll see which ones show up because, uh, yeah, kind of path we go down. Yeah, yeah man. I, first thing I'd love to kick things off with, one of the things you talk about is this new earth. And I think when people hear new earth, they're like, what, what's that? What does that mean? So can you please just talk to me just a little bit about your university, new earth, and kind of how you came into that? Yeah, I mean, the new earth isn't like a new concept that I came up with. I mean, yeah. you have the new earth by, you know, Eckhart Tolle, and mm. he obviously wrote The Power of Now. But uh, I, that book resonated with me uh, when I read it, I don't know how many years ago. And so, you know, over the years, getting, you know, doing more and more transformational trainings and different mm. work, like, I, I really believe in uh, the shift of consciousness that's happening. So Malcolm Gladwell, he wrote a great book about uh, the tipping point, which he talks about when 2% of consciousness actually shifts, the rest will follow. So it's not even like everyone, and this is my interpretation, of course, of, of our own realities. Not everyone has to necessarily wake up and shift the planet. But I believe that uh, when we do the internal work and we come together as a society and we actually show each other who we truly are, the new earth will emerge in such a way where we actually, and to me, the new earth uh, represents a place where like heaven on earth to me is where everyone can take full responsibility, full responsibility for what's going on within them and not project our pains or past traumas onto each other because uh, we're blaming somebody else for what's actually happening internally. Mm. I love that. And one thing is about that, it talked about bringing heaven onto earth or a new earth. Part of that is us creating this utopia. I always feel that society is a race between disaster and utopia. And it's up to us to really craft that reality, that future, whatever you want to call it, by putting that into existence through our own will, right? That's the amazing thing about mankind is that we can think of something, imagine, and then will into existence as long as we all collaborate together. So I, I feel a resonation with what you're talking about, about everybody taking their own responsibility to craft the future that they want or a new earth that they want. Yeah, you know, I, I refer to it as our God-given vision. And I believe we all have like a vision that we were born with. And I also truly believe we're born perfect, whole, and complete, meaning that we're like these perfect souls. We come into this reality, into this realm, and then we're written upon, written mm -hmm. on, upon by our parents, traumas, teachers, bullies, whatever the case may be. And then the rest of our life actually 
is a coming of home of sorts, which is really just ex deeply and fully accepting myself, all of myself, the darkness and the light. And so many of us are taught that, you know, the darkness is bad or don't cry or don't, don't process these emotions. And if you've ever read like uh, Power Versus Force, uh, David R. Hawkins book, where he actually right, measures all the resonance scales. So even shame, guilt, fear, pain, they're just deeper, they're heavier resonances. They're not bad or wrong. But a lot of people are stuck in that purgatory and that hell because they don't know how to process themselves pr uh, properly because they were never taught. So they get yeah. stuck. That's a crazy book. And part of that, we have like a subconscious access to the truths of the universe and we can feel it and know it if it's true. There's some things going on inside that power versus force book that I think is incredible. And that what you're talking about, about the things that we resist persists, right? And so right. if we yeah. resist the like, I'm a bad, terrible person and that, that shame can only live in the darkness, right? If you're willing to let it go and shine a light on it and say, hey man, I'm a... I know I said I wasn't going to have any uh, Twinkies, but last night I ate the entire box and now I'm inside my, <laughs> my bag just sitting here in a, in, a, in a shame pile, right? But you talk about it and, you know, and people can resonate with you because everyone's got those demons and it feels like we don't. And that's the, one of the challenges with this whole online social media bit, right? We look around, everyone looks like they got perfect lives but while we're struggling, you know? Well, it's interesting because like, as you know, even from like when we're zero to seven, we're like in that theta brainwave state where we're like in the hypnosis part of ourselves where we're literally absorbing, we're sponges. And like, even like the myelin in our, in our brain cells hasn't even fully formed. So we're actually like being hypnotized to a certain extent. And it's good for like walking, talking and doing certain things. But if our parents are stressed or we're in fight or flight, like we can't, there's nothing we can really do as a little baby. So a lot of times even ADHD, Dr. Gabor talks about this, where it's like ADHD is not even a disease. It's just a way of a coping strategy. So coping strategy to stress. So mm. think about it. Like if I'm coming at you or you're in a stressful state when you're a little baby, you can't fight or flight. So what's, what's the only other option? You can cry to get out the pain, but ultimately you'll, dis you'll just disconnect. Yeah. And so we're living in a society of people that subconsciously to protect ourselves from our own pain, the, the way out that people mostly choose is to distract themselves, right? They become dissociated, dissociated, they disconnect, or they become addicted to whatever thing is out there that's giving them something to mask their own pain. Yeah. And what's interesting about that, you talk about flight or fight, right? So you're going to physically fight or you're going to physically do flight, but there's that one step deeper with the internal where you then you flight in your mind. You are, I can't, this is uncomfortable, but I'm stuck in this physical location. So you, your mind wanders. So what does everybody do? in an awkward situation, especially you see it in younger days with kids that don't necessarily have maybe the social skills or they pull out their phones and they just start swiping, right? Maybe an awkward dinner party, other things. They check out mentally out of that environment because they don't know what else to do. That's they're, they're mentally flying away. That's, that's really interesting. How, let me ask you a question that, mm -hmm. so you said you have some stories that led up to this. Like, how did you become aware of all of this? When, where were you at initially? Right. And then th that then puts you onto this journey of self-reflection, self-understanding, working through your, your traumas and dramas. You know, wow. It's 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 interesting because, you know, a lot of times people think of trauma. It's like the big trauma, right? Sexual rape or abuse. And those are obviously those are easy to identify. Right. And so people are like, oh, yeah, drug addict, gambling, sex, pornography, which, by the way, I had all those. So <laughs> I know what those traumas are like. But there's also the smaller traumas with traumas, like almost with like a small T where 
it could have been the situations even when like you're a baby and we might not even necessarily remember this. So for example, like if a baby is crying, right? If you're crying in a crib, some doctors teach their kids or teach the parents not to attend to those kids. But the problem is if you don't attend to that baby, that baby's just crying. It's, it's in a natural state of grief. It's trying to survive. It's actually, if it's not, if it doesn't actually, uh, they're not being attended to, then that baby's going to die. But by not attending to the baby, first of all, you're not, sh the baby thinks it doesn't matter. The baby is now thinking like its feelings don't matter. And then all of a sudden the baby is like, the brains aren't developing the same. And so when I was a little boy, I think it started when I moved from like San Antonio, Texas, I moved to South Jersey and I was, I was the only Asian looking, I was, I was in all white school. There's one black girl and I was the Asian boy I had a bull haircut and every, every kid was like, are you Chinese? And I just immediately, I just like rejected myself. I was like, mm. I, I just wanted to be a white, like Caucasian boy. And so that was like second grade. And then my first, my first best friend, his name was Sean. I became friends with him. And here's the weird thing that happened. So his neighbor's father sexually abused his son. Mm. That son went around and did all like was sexual with all the kids in the neighborhood, including my friend, Sean. So then my friend, Sean was sexual towards me. Now, when you're in third grade, I, I didn't understand really what was going on but I created a tremendous amount of shame and guilt because of that situation. And then you stack my mom raising me around the Bible. So he was taught the Bible. I was taught like homosexuality is wrong and all these things. So then I just buried it. I just buried that pain. I buried, and then I got, and then here's the interesting thing too. Then I got bullied. So I had all these insecurities and these fears and like, there's this trauma resonance that occurs. So I don't know if you've ever been bullied before, but like right. we attract the perfect situations to try to resolve what's going on within us. But a lot of times we just continuously re-traumatize ourselves because we don't know how to process the emotions. So this is what led me to be a heroin addict. This is what led me to be, you know, do drugs and alcohol and sex and all that stuff because I was, I didn't know how to resolve my own inner pain. Mm. So you're constantly training yourself as you're going through this and say, okay, I want to get out of this uncomfortable situation. And so you're looking for those types of outs, but since there wasn't a quote unquote healthy way to get out of a, a situation, you found patterns to cope with the issues. And, and because yeah, and I had some healthy patterns too. I mean, I, I, I played sports, I played basketball, mm -hmm. soccer, lacrosse, like those were like healthy outlets for me. Mm -hmm. I played lacrosse a little bit in Rutgers only for yeah. a year, but then I joined fraternity and I found drugs and alcohol and women to be a lot more attractive. It, it's it's interesting, and I have the same with with being a kid. There's mm -hmm. this weird, well, adults, humans. There's this combination where you want to be accepted by the community, but you also want to be accepted for being autonomous and individual, right? So you say, I want to be authentic and be who I am. At the same time, I want to be accepted. And so, you know, for you on, on certain times, things you're talking about uh, Asian, but you really want want to be white. But it's just it's an except. But we all step into these environments where maybe I'm not necessarily a, a Republican, and then I go to a Republican rally, and I'm like, yeah, I'm here, please accept me, or some sort of situation. It's, it's interesting how we crave authenticity and people to accept us, but we will adjust who we are to fit in. And I've said, I've experienced that a lot at college frat situations where maybe I didn't mm -hmm. want to drink or whatever, but I'm around the people. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm here, let's do it. And it's really hard. How do you, how do you fight against that pressure or that, that, that desire to, to get swooped into the energy of the crowd? Do you know? Well, I think, I think it's really, it's like, it's, 
it's in our DNA where, you know, before even like this time that we're in currently right now, I mean, we're tribal uh, groups of people traveling around. And so to not be socially accepted, and if you got put out and out of the group, you died. So mm -hmm. it literally feels like we're going to die. So if we're not socially accepted, like, like you're not getting likes or you're not getting ex love, acceptance and approval. Right. And the challenge is, uh, for me, I was trying to get love and acceptance and approval externally. So this is where like, there's the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine. My wounded feminine was like people pleaser, avoider. Avoider is like, I don't want to deal with confrontation. There's also the victim part of the, of the wounded feminine. And so these parts of myself were, they became coping strategies, right? So imagine like you're born perfect, whole and complete. Then there's pain. And it's pain is inevitable. Like, you're, like mommy didn't give me a cookie. Okay, there's pain. Now I'm not lovable. Mommy put me in timeout. So all of a sudden, love became unconditional, turned con to conditional. So then now I have fear. So I have fear wrapped around my pain. And then I create false beliefs. False beliefs mm -hmm. are now, like think of that as like an onion. So now I have a layer of false beliefs stacked around my fear, stacked around my pain. Then I create a facade. That facade is my, my personality. That's my coping strategy. So I'll adopt different, like people think they are their personality. I don't believe that's true. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about you can transform who you are based on who you truly are, not on the personality that you adopted from your pain and false beliefs. And then if you have your person, now you have your facade, which everyone around is like putting on this mask because they're trying to hide the pain that they currently have because they, they don't think they're going to be loved and accepted and approved of if they actually share their authenticity, mm. right? That's the, mm. it's the illusion of the ego. And then you wrap it with addictions and we mm. all have this. Sure. And addictions are not just like drugs, sex, alcohol, and gambling. All those, those are easy to identify. It could be Netflix. It could be food. It could be whatever, but that addiction is an external, uh, part of me that is trying to cope with the pain that is inside of me. But if we don't, it's an inside out game until we go into the pain and, and actually experience the pain and accept ourselves deeply and fully accept all of it, the darkness and the light, that energetic force is going to stay. It, we embody it. It sticks in our, it stays in our cells until we mm. actually allow ourselves to release it. And it seems like a, a vicious trauma cycle. If you're looking at the, I'm totally. experiencing pain. So then I have, I have a feeling based upon that. Uh, I, this caused pain. Uh, this makes me feel sad, mad or whatever. And then you take an action to cope and then you're upset about the action about coping, which then feeds into that negative belief, which then you try to sedate yourself with more of that. And you cycle through that behavior and that pattern of behavior over and over again. And then you got to figure out how do I break that pattern of coping to get past the pain. And you're talking about going inside and accepting the darkness and the light. What does that look like? Practical, tactical. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's interesting because, uh, you know, I've been coaching people and helping people and I notice like, why do people not take action? Most people know exactly what to do and yet they do the opposite <laughs> or they just, or they just, they procrastinate or whatever they do to, uh, prevent themselves from taking action. And, I started studying and then I started realizing like the shadow, right? Like, so most people are like, we're afraid of our shadow. Like we think like we can't. And so it's interesting because here's what happens. Like when, like the amygdala, like the crocodile brain within us, it's, it's there to protect us, you know, to, for, to survive. But the challenge is when we're kids, it's, it's trying to protect us because our brain is just an instrument. It wants to run effectively. So it'll take painful situations and then it'll bury them. It'll actually subconsciously push them away. 
this is why it gets tricky because then all of a sudden when you, as we get older, we still have these things in us. And then all of a sudden we get triggered and then we get triggered. We immediately think that the other person is triggering us, but they're actually judgment. Think about judgment. I judge myself. I judge you or I judge a circumstance. Judgment is a camouflage for what I'm not deeply accepting within myself. So because I'm not accepting myself for that particular situation, I judge somebody else because they're, because I just, that's easier for me. It's actually a reaction, but that person is actually illuminating the part of myself that I, that actually wants to be resolved. There's a, mm -hmm. there's a law called the law of compensation. The law of compensation basically talks about how it's a return to love. It's a return to wholeness. And like the law of forgiveness is actually taking responsibility for the emotions that other people have put inside of me. Forgiveness is taking, I take responsibility. Once I take responsibility for it, I can resolve it within myself. It no longer has me. It's not that I forgot the situation, but energetically it doesn't trigger me and it's not actually, it doesn't own me anymore. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. What's interesting is, yes, taking responsibilities for the feelings that I, I'm feeling no matter what is coming at me. For so, the emotions that for other people put inside of me. So think about your parents for a second, right? Mm -hmm. The only reason why those things were put inside of you was because they weren't, they weren't in alignment with love for themselves. They were out mm -hmm. of harmony with love, mm -hmm. right? So, because mm -hmm. they weren't taught how to process their emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. they, and a lot of times... Like my parents, my mom and my dad, my mom worked, my dad was a pilot. They were never home, but they mm -hmm. loved me. They were taking care of me, but because they weren't home, what did I make up about myself, right? I don't matter. I'm yeah. not lovable. So then what do I do? I try to go out into the world and try to prove that I'm lovable by winning, by uh, people pleasing other people, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, though, the triggers that happen, there's when you get triggered by a situation, because there's a deep seated belief that in some way, shape and form, that's somewhat true, which is causes those spikes of behavior. And that's just the story that we're telling ourselves. So if someone hits your hot button, so for me, when I was young, I had a lot of insults on my intelligence, you're not smart, you're not this. Mm. So when someone said something to me about that, I said, Oh, you're not smart, I'd freak out on them and go, Oh, you don't know. And I'd overcompensate and overreact. Because deep down inside, I was like, I had this deep belief that I'm not smart, I'm not, I'm not worthy of X, which is, you know, because I'm not worthy of love and all that jazz. But that for me was my my trigger, my, my, my deep, uh, Thing that I had to be aware of and saying, oh, it's really me not believing that I'm smart enough, me not giving myself that, me not accepting myself for who I am and being worthy in some way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of times our addictions are just overcompensating for the things that we were never given. So mm -hmm. then we just go and try to find something to fill that void. Unfortunately, it's unfillable because <laughs> <laughs> it just you can't fill it outside outside of yourself. That's why it's got to be an inside out game. Yeah. yeah. And I've always noticed that there's there's two fuel sources with anything that we're trying to do, right? There's the, the slow burn, takes a long time to unpack, but we'll get you there. Let's look at sugars versus fats, right? Sugars versus fats, right? You could, you could have fats and it could be a slow burn energy. Sugar's quick spike, right? The in terms of positive reinforcement, the slow grind on that or negative spike of intensity, right? They, they both are fuel sources. The negative emotions of fuel source, the positive emotions of fuel source, the fats of fuel source, the sugars of fuel sources, they'll get you there. But if you consume too many of those quick, rapid burning fuel sources, you'll burn up. And it's not about rejecting it. It's about understanding how much can you, how much should you take in? Because you can't live on fat alone. You can't live on positively alone. You have to be able to switch those different fuel sources based upon 
your intentions, not just based upon your trying to compensate for every of situation in life. Well, it's interesting because so if you think of ourselves as like our right brain, left brain, right left is logical like masculine right is like creative and feminine usually we default to a certain strength of ours right some people go like super like masculine like do 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 some people go like super feminine and like kind of just like go down the emotional waterfall mm. but the the what i've learned is like it's we we have all of it we have wholeness and so it's harmonizing our brains and there's a science between in my interpretation of god god and science are one it's not like one or the other and so even the yogic practices there's a science to even just breathing right so and what and i and i do a lot of breath i've been doing breath work now coming up on a year consistently every single morning and i literally the other morning i was sitting here just breathing in a long deep breath for four seconds letting it letting it out i literally felt like i was shooting heroin like I did 20 something years ago. And I'm like, holy cow, like it's always been within me. But because I wasn't present to it, because I was always looking outside of myself and it wasn't even in the moment, I would lose the moment, right? Addiction is about, I'm afraid of this moment. I'm not okay with the moment. That's why I'm trying to get out of it. But my freedom is in this moment, <laughs> right? So <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy game we play with ourselves. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, addiction is I'm yeah. afraid of the moment. And what that means is I don't wanna be here right now. I need to be don't. distracted with, it could be food, drugs, entertainment, Whatever. social connections. I don't like this moment, I wanna be at it versus just embracing this moment and, and marinating in it, knowing that you will be okay and this too will pass and you it can, can accept this moment. But it's so much easier because we have access I don't want to be here. I'm going to go Grubhub some food or whatever it might be. It's, it's We're so one click away from solving that pain versus being in that moment. Can you talk me through a situation or sometimes people logically understand this concept that, oh, you just got to be in the moment. Can you talk to me when you have that feeling to go one way? Like you want to go um, shoot heroin or maybe something a lot less than that. You want to go distract yourself in some way, shape or form and you feel it. But then how do you mentally walk yourself to taking the the better path where you embrace that moment? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, even just yesterday morning, um, I woke up and I wake up early to do my practices, my meditation. I do my this four-step process with myself now. I've incorporated it into my daily routine. And I woke up depressed. I woke up like sad and depressed. And I'm like, wow, like interesting. Like, I, you know, it's it, and I used to tell myself like, Oh, I already resolved that or I already worked through that. This shouldn't be there anymore. Right. And, and I've come to understand that actually when these emotions and these feelings actually present themselves, it's actually a blessing because that's it's just showing me that my body is actually ready to re release it. It wants it's it's bubbling up. So it's actually at the surface now because we a lot of us don't want to deal with the pain of it. We'll push it down. We'll repress it and we'll kind of just like or bypass it. I mean, sometimes it's so easy just to bypass things nowadays. And if you look at life, life is basically one big distraction to try to take us away from our pain. <laughs> like everything is literally there to try to grab our attention away from ourselves. So once you start to understand and, and i teach this and i teach this process i teach people i'm like this is the last four steps that you can that you're going to need to learn because there's a one that's called the healing basket and i learned this technique by this his name uh, his name is dr pratt and he did this with forty-five thousand people and he noticed that there's seven core limiting beliefs i'm not worthy i'm alone 
I am bad. Like we all have these, like none of us are like special to like where we don't have these limiting thoughts and beliefs, but unfortunately they're subconsciously buried within us. So once there's a, there's the law of sequencing. So first is like, I identify it. I go into it. I go in, I'm like, where else in this, in my life has this shown up? And I go into the experience. Once I go into the experience, then I have this little simple meditation where I, I just call it healing. I put it into the basket. I separate it because most of us think it's tattooed to us. So we think we are it. We think I am unworthy, right? Mm -hmm. I am worthless mm -hmm. or um, I am alone, like all these things. And they, they, all that's happened is those have been imprinted upon us because of all the situations that happened when we were younger or like even like, you know, we were dumped or something happened. And so uh, I go into it and then I, I clear the subconscious. Now I'm ready to repattern. And repatterning, it's like I deeply and fully accept myself. I am lovable. I am worthy. But if I don't empty the cup, there's the story of the monk and the truth seeker. And this I could attest to this because I went to Nepal and went to Tibet and I did all these things. I was always searching the world, running around the world trying to find myself. Mm -hmm. And all the transformation crap shit that I did, hundreds of thousands of dollars I invested, I go, the one thing I realized was like, all there is is this moment, is being present. Everything just brought me back to this moment. So the situation where, you know, I was I was traveling around trying to find myself and then I just, I just came to understand. I was like, wow, everything is right here, right now, being present, being like accepting myself for what is going on right now, because life is I don't even have to try to find myself. Life is going to reflect back to me exactly what needs to be resolved within myself, like the law of attraction is like everything in my reality is exactly what I truly desire. Now, some people are like, well, why would I want my boyfriend or girlfriend to cheat on me? Did I really attract that car accident? Consciously, no. Subconsciously, though, which is like 95% of our life, yes. We are attracting everything subconsciously. And going back to that story about the truth seeker and the monk, there was a truth seeker that traveled the world to be enlightened. Did you ever hear the story? Maybe, truth but go seeker. on. All right. So there's a truth seeker that he traveled the world. He wanted to be enlightened by this monk. He finally finds the monk. Okay. So the monk is like, he's like, Hey, can you enlighten me? And the monk's like, all right, come on in. Let's have a cup of tea. So they go in and the truth seeker just starts going on and on and on about all the things that he's learned. He's like, I've learned this. I've learned that. And he just keeps talking and talking and talking so much so that the monk finally gets up. He gets a cup of tea. And he starts pouring the, pouring the glass and the truth seeker is going on and on and on. And then finally the tea is now overflowing. And so, so much so that it actually goes onto the table and gets into the truth seeker's lap. And the guy jumps up and he's like, hey, what the, what the, what the hell? Like my cup is full. Yeah. And then he was enlightened. Mm. So the ch challenge is most of us have our subconscious. We're so full consciously. We're trying to tell ourselves our subconscious doesn't accept it. It just rejects it. And so there's no space. We have no capacity to actually create something new. It's interesting because there's two pieces here so the piece the first is one i mean a lot of people hear these things and then and you've heard this common not common but you hear this knowledge like oh i've heard that before but are you living it to a deep level where you're actually practicing and doing it no well then there's obviously a gap between you hearing the information and there's a deeper wisdom to you actually practicing the, the wisdom and living the wisdom where you can understand it fundamentally on a deeper deeper level right we we get these little hits of information in this economy that we live in, economy of attention, like, oh, I got it, I got it. We're like gathering all of these superficial berries, right? And versus yeah. you could take a look at one berry and you could take a look at, I don't know if you've ever been on mushrooms before. 
But when I was yes. on mushrooms, I got to tell you, <laughs> you look down at a flower petal and you can see it evolving. You just take a look at it and you keep staring at it and you can go deeper and deeper and you can spend all this time just looking at one flower. Right? Where that flower exists the whole time, but we could run through the forest. And yes, we've seen everything, but we haven't really seen the depth. It's a lot of surface, not a lot of depth. Right. And that's why I think sometimes the truth seekers, they get a lot of surface knowledge. Right. But they don't sink down into it that's why i love seeing masters using common tools in uncommon ways right they can go super deep into the process well it's well so because you're talking you're speaking into two different things there's the concept of it mm -hmm. and then there's the experience of it to me life is meant to be experienced mm -hmm. so until i tell you oh this orange this tastes amazing and you never tasted an orange like it doesn't matter what i tell you about the orange you never experienced it yeah. Right. And so life, that's why, that's why when we go through our pain mm -hmm. until you, you go through the pain, you will never like, we'll just blame our parents for it. Yep. Well, but one thing you, yeah, go ahead. I've, I've experienced this so much with what I do. Cause I, I build virtual reality applications. It's called experiential mm. blindness, right? Experiential mm. blindness. You are blind to the experience. Like you, unless you've tried virtual reality, I could say all these things to you. If it's amazing, you put a headset on your mind's blown, all that fun stuff. But until you try the actual experience, you don't know because the best thing I can do is use my words and use my stories. And there's a there's a loss of data, right? So much information I'm sending out of my experience doesn't always land. If you watch an amazing movie and you watch whatever it is, uh, Infinity Wars, you're like, movie was good, right? That's all you get. You don't you, you didn't watch the 23 movies leading up to that. There's so much data that's lost inside of that. You had the experiential blindness and so there's one thing to understand the concept but what you're talking about is deeply understand the experience meditation great example someone can meditate for five minutes with their eyes closed yes they've done meditation but it, it's not the same level as meditation as if you do it every single day for 40 years and on that mm -hmm. you know year number 40 you meditate for five minutes or whatever it might be there is a refined depth to that of the experience that's not the same so even though you have the experience it's not the same not the same depth well, I mean, Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect, is probably one of my favorite books because it really speaks about, I mean, it's the little things we do, the little things that we don't do, mm. but we are the result of the compound effect of our habits. And so, you know, that's why, like, even the, yesterday morning when I woke up depressed, I was actually happy. I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of super funny, right? I'm happy I love that, that I'm depressed. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm on. Yes. I got gotcha. something. <laughs> I, I, I have something about that, but please go on. Please go on. No, so it's just um, it's because my freedom is on the other end of that pain. My power comes from my pain. And, you know, it's and even like my my um, my wife, my partner to be she's we're going to get married next year. We yeah. even had a huge blowout like a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Uh, as we're doing like so we're doing the subconscious work yeah. and most people are like oh we do the work it's fixed like we're i'm fixed no it's actually that's when actually everything just starts to show up it's i have i have a great example about this yeah I gotta share this so please i i don't um you know i occasionally smoke marijuana here and there i'm not smoking mm -hmm. it right now right uh it, it, it it's it's amazing in small doses for creativity and things but then i can get a slippery train and i'm like okay i'm gonna stop but one of the best things that I've ever did was I, I smoked weed at some point, right? And you know that, I don't know if you ever get that nervous anxiety energy that pops up for you when you oh, smoke yeah. weed and you're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I then started journaling like crazy. 
And it was like, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Cause I, before I'm like a rocking chair, there's no place to put the energy. But then when I right. smoked it, I, it bobbled all these weird insecurities to the surface. And then I dived into it with, by journaling and it, it was like a place to go. And then all of my, everything dropped because instead of me resisting it, I started focusing and paying attention to and going, what's coming up for me? What's coming up for me? What's coming up for me? And I could, I could write that all out. And then I was like, and it drained the energy out. And then it was really fun because then I knew if that thing came up for me, I had a pattern of behavior that I could lean into that would then right. serve me. And I was like, I was like, this is amazing. It went from resistance to uh, embracing, which was a very cool experience. Well, your resist, my resistance is actually where that's where my work is. And so the resistance is a great barometer. If you're like, well, I don't know, I'm not like, what should I like? What do I, what am I not processing? Well, what are you resisting? <laughs> like, <'cause> that, <laughs> right. So I, but I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, what, I'm not resisting, but people resist resistance too. So it's so funny. Like me, for, for example, like one of my challenges, uh, you know, building businesses and being an entrepreneur yeah. is structure organization. I resist that because it's like boring. It doesn't excite me. Anyway, I started doing this process with myself. All of a sudden, I'm freaking writing spreadsheets. I'm excited. I'm reorganizing my closet. Like I'm like doing things because my brain is all of a sudden craving this masculine like stability, like organization and structure. And and if you start looking like masculine is like the house, the feminine is like the energy that dances within it. So if you don't have a, if I don't have a container, it's very easy for me to just be like, woohoo, like I'm just going to fly all over the place and then, yeah. not, and then, you know, build, destroy things, get like all kinds of messed up. And, but if I'm too rigid and I'm too structured and I don't have this creativity flowing within me, it's not even so much of like, what do I want this moment to be? It's like, what is this moment calling forth? And yeah. as I come back to wholeness, right, as I'm whole, I can actually respond to life in a way, in a much more powerful way. Yeah. And I think about that in terms of creativity. A lot of times they say that uh, constraints create creativity, right? So if you have a constraint, you can then be creative within that screen. The worst thing is like a white page. We could build anything. What do you want? Right. But if I said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to be writing a book. We're going to be working on the outline. We're going to have to, the goal for today is to really just make the outline and we've got 30 minutes to do it. Ready, set, go way more constraints. You can be creative in that space i.e. you make that masculine house you create the structures of that and then you dance inside of that i sometimes think about about being both the dungeon master and the player in the game of life and so mm -hmm. you've got to be able to switch to making the rules and then playing the rules in a creative space otherwise you'll wander off into the woods and get lost and it just doesn't it's it's you need a balance of those two elements which i i feel i never thought about as masculine and feminine if i thought about in those other styles so it does resonate with me when you say that well, it's interesting because we have all of us have like this inner critic within ours and within ourselves. So mm -hmm. like so I talked about the wounded feminine. You also have the wounded masculine. Wounded masculine is a controller, overthinker, overachiever, overachiever. Actually, we celebrate that. Right. Those are workaholics. <laughs> <laughs> progress. But, yeah, progress. I mean. But the challenge is with that wounded masculine, people aren't staying still enough to process their emotions. I was doing this process um, the other day with this woman, she just got cancer. And how she resolved her problems was she was a doer. Mm. And she just did herself to death to the point where, because we have cortisol running through our uh, our bodies, you know, think of you're in a stress fight or flight situation, you're just trying to do, 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 your body eventually, if you don't resolve it, it's gonna resolve you. Yeah. And so, 
you know, when we teach ourselves how to breathe and how to actually br calm our systems down, we, we notice where the inner critic lies because that critic is actually, it's a lie. It's a lie based off of something that I was taught that wasn't necessarily true, but I made it true. And then I continuously reinforce it, the illusion of it. And now it's all of a sudden I'm caught in that, that loop. And what's funny about that is that when we want to learn a skill set, if we want to grow, if we want to develop some sort of skill set, right? We, the way that we do that is we kind of let ourselves happen through the experience. We feel that situation out through feelings. But yeah. the challenge is that inner critic shuts down the ability to learn because you're too busy telling yourself a story about the thing and you're not actually embracing the moment for what is, right? That sometimes we, some people are afraid to, I want to do a live, but I'm so afraid of doing a live that I won't ever go on because this inner critic is in my brain talking to me about this. But if you can shut down that inner critic and have a conversation, then you can really, you can really absorb so much better, be so much better, do so much. You can actually grow to get to where you want to go. And while the critic is trying to be helpful, trying to keep you safe, it's really stopping you from embracing the moment and embracing if you are failing or if you are struggling or if you are anything just being in that moment we talked about the moment is the gift it's not it's it's trying to serve you but it's doing it in a way that actually is limiting you it's it's almost like a coping mechanism to progress yeah well it's 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 blocking it's it's actually a lot of our resistance comes from our own judgments so it's like i'm right about the situation there's no open uh, openness for possibility because mm. maybe if I'm wrong, then actually <laughs> I could actually transform myself. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there's also we can access champion powers to overcome mm. our critics. Like, so, for example, like one of my um, critics is the is the avoider. Right. Which mm. is perfect for addiction. <laughs> like I just avoid <laughs> confrontation, avoid problems. Just give me something to, to make me feel good. But the champion power for the avoider is courage. So anytime I'm avoiding something and I have the courage to actually face it, mm. then I can actually start teaching myself the opposite to be true. So mm. then all of a sudden, anytime, do you, does that, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you, you start to access different parts of yourself. You don't allow your critic to win. It's, it's when you feel one thing, it, for example, generally speaking, when you feel pain, you might avoid it. That, that's the typical pattern, right? Totally, Versus totally the, the people that make it, make it, that transform themselves when they feel pain, they lean into it. They use that fear as a, as a compass to move towards something versus away from it. You, you know, they're talking about avoiding and courage and, and all that, which, which makes a lot of sense with what you're talking about. I do want to jump back to something cause I feel sure. like you got through it, but I don't know if you put a bow on the end of it. So I want to double back to it. You yes. talked about this process yes. about stepping through this process and first is awareness. Okay, this is awareness of the situation and recognizing and you talked about accepting the situation and then you went to the story about the cup being full. I'm not too sure if you actually mm. went through and completed the conversation as we went back to it was can you can you please kind of summarize what you were talking about yeah. with that? Yeah, absolutely. So the four step process, I'll kind of just give you the, the whole thing, which is first is identifying the limiting thought or belief, right? There's seven of them. So it's there's all these stories that come along with each of these limiting uh core beliefs and then once you identify them then you can empty the cup then you got to clear it you have to this law of sequencing if you do not clear the cup you're just going to be putting a lot of stuff on on your subconscious that's not going to accept it so you got to go in and the way that we do this is there's like um 
there's some breathing techniques. There's something called cross hand breathing, which hel actually helps to neutralize you. So if you think of yourself, we're like batteries. We're positive and negative charges, right? Mm. Palm my hand, positive charge, back my hand, negative charge. There's a, a doctor, his name is Dr. Burr, and he actually had an instrument that would test our, our organs. So like, for example, like our liver, top of the organs negative, bottom of the organs positive. So our emotions are positive and negative as well. But when you do something called cross hand breathing, which you cross the meridians and you go tongue up to the roof, negative charge, tongue down, positive charge, all of a sudden, and you cross your left over right leg, you bring yourself back to neutral. And so when you bring yourself back to neutral, you can start uh, preparing your body energetically. And then you do a grounding process. And then we do some alternate nostril breathing, which we harmonize the right and left brain. So then you, cause there's Dr. Joe talks about, you could prune away the old neurosynapses when, you know, what fires together, wires together. But if you see the thing is when you have the experience, you no longer have that energetic charge. Mm -hmm. You have the experience that no longer is necessary. So, so now you, you can, so you're hacking your internal mindset or your nervous system. You're preparing by, yourself by using, by, with using, your body, with breathing. Yeah. Using your physiology to affect your psychology through yes. this type of state. Okay. Yeah. So with the alternate nostril breathing, you, you bring in oxygen directly up into the neocortex. You're, you're uh, preparing your mind. So then you can go into those deeper states. You're preparing yourself mm -hmm. to go into your subconscious. Right now, my conscious mind is in resistance to my subconscious because I don't want to deal with the pain. So you got to energetically prepare yourself to do so. So then once you prepare yourself, then you go into this exercise with the healing basket and you let it go. You go into, you go into the experiences, mm -hmm. you release them. And then there's something called pledge of acceptance. Now you repattern. There's a, a repatterning spot right next to your heart. There's a bundle that we have like different pressure points. Six, I think there's like 14 different pressure points in our body. There's one next to your heart. And then you go into, I deeply and fully accept myself. You go into what's called your code of joy. And so I deeply like, so my big story for I'm unworthy caused a lot of problems with money because I'm not worthy. I continuously, even when I made money, I still gave it away and I would destroy crazy stories that, you know, happen because of that. But once you, uh, once you go into the repatterning, then there's another pro part of the process where now you could go into Dr. Joe Dispenza feeling your future and going into the, into the future of what you're, and now you can, now you're ready, your fertile ground. And then the last part is anchoring. And so it's, a, it's almost like a hypnosis of sorts. Mm -hmm. So you hypnot, cause you were hypnotized when you were a little kid, right? We still have access to all of that. But none of us are taught how to do these things. So once you start to practice and in integrate this process into your into your daily routine, next thing you know, and you're living from a place of not I'm not worthy, but I am worthy. It's interesting one how just one little word can completely transform your life, right? Mm -hmm. Languages are, are spells, languages, technology. So mm -hmm. once you believe like I am worthy, oh my gosh, like my reality just starts to completely transform. Yeah. But it takes time. It's not going to happen. These things, you know, take time. So. Most people want instant gratification and most people want sure. the magic pill. Yeah, give me a pill. It's way easier. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to take this long effort kind of road. Right. But well, that's why Xanax is a multi-billion dollar business, but you know, medication's no, free. And there's no such thing <laughs> as a free lunch, right? You feel like you can yeah. get a you can hack something, you can get past something, and maybe you can have a little bit here, but it starts to it has that compounding effect of, of habits, both good and bad. Reflecting back, just so I can understand it a little bit, you had a physiology priming, right? Yeah. And then you and Prime then you yourself. have you know, the, the, then you empty the cup, you have the clearing. So you have identifying, you go to the big, so it calls, um, this guy, Dr. Pratt calls them asteroid strikes. So anytime okay. you had a situation happen, that was like when you were a little boy, little girl, 
and it hits it hits the, your consciousness it creates what's called a fog of distress this fog of distress clouds your perception and now all of a sudden like so for example like if one of my clients like his father used to yell at him to take out the garbage he was scared mm -hmm. so his limiting thought that he came from was i'm not safe Mm -hmm. So what happens when you start to believe I'm not safe, you start creating other situations where you're not safe and you just keep reflecting that back. Now, life is going to show you and it's going to try to actually do its best to reflect back to you, to wake you up to it. But if you're in resistance to it and you refuse to learn the lesson, this is when Groundhog Day happens and you just keep, exactly. you know, keep dating the same people. We date our parents. We did, you know, it's survival it's patterns, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you notice that if you get into a relationship, you break up with that relationship, you get in another relationship, you have the same problems that you, because you are bringing you your own problems them. to yeah. the next, next state. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to try this one more time and see if I can get through this, this whole thing, psychology priming, right? You then yep. become awareness, you move through the, do the basket. Then you have the, after you have the basket, you then move into uh repatterning, repatterning, and then you have anchoring. And then you anchor. Yeah. There's a process I take you through to help mm -hmm. to anchor all of these things and deep into your subconscious, even to where you're like, so you put your hand on your forehead. And, and so your subconscious is at the cerebellum is in the back mm -hmm. of your brain connected mm -hmm. to your spine. And so, you know, cause our minds, they drift, right? So it's very easy. Like you have these moments of genius and you might have these great epiphanies, but if you don't write that stuff down or you don't anchor it in, it's just going to be come in one day and then just leave the next. Yeah, so you really want to anchor the, cause we've anchored in the pain. We've anchored in the problems. Now you want to anchor in the good stuff, but you don't anchor that stuff in until you actually clear out the cup. Yeah, you got you to make those grooves first, become aware of it, prime yourself to be in the right state for it, then accept yes. it and release it so you don't fight it. And then you're going to go through and be able to actually anchor it and so that you're repatterning yourself. So every time, oh, I'm feeling pain, good. I'm going to go, I feel depressed, good. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. the situation, good. And you're going to be moving towards that situation. Well, I it, love it. And there's, there's even something else that, um, you know, cause I was listening to binaural beats and like theta wave states while I was doing this process, but a buddy of mine that I, I talked to, uh, it's called mind trainer pro. Anyway, he gave me access and I'm going to start integrating this with, cause I started doing it myself, but there are these frequencies that can actually help to heal our brains and to make them whole. So mm. it's like anti-stress, anti-depression. And I, and the other morning when I was like yesterday, when I was super depressed, I listened to it and all of a sudden it's just like it the frequencies just like completely accelerated the process so mm. we have there's so much technology out there the matter the the point is to actually just like take the time to actually utilize it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and building your own pattern that works for you and right there's everyone's got their own journey and figure out what works best for them absolutely a hundred percent and so bringing it through you have this this coaching program that you do this they have this four-step process mm -hmm. um is there anything else you're doing along to create this new earth are there uh, other activities you're engaged in other endeavors is there anything about that yeah well so you know i think originally when we, we were having a conversation was talking about bow homes which is um these self-sustainable technology homes uh that are round that so when i so when COVID hit, I was living in Miami, Florida for mm -hmm. 18 years and I was living on the beach and, and just like living my dream life. I kite surf and I could just literally walk across the street and um, all of a sudden God, spirit, source, whatever was like, Aaron, it's time to go. And I was like, really? <laughs> I think I was like, I'm pretty happy here. Like, what is it? Do I really want to leave like yeah. this life? And so sure enough, my, my 
my girlfriend and I, I gave away all my stuff and I was living in this condo for 13 years and we bought a 33 foot toy hauler and I set sail and I, my intention was to go create the new earth, go look for land, self-sustainability. And I found myself in California and I was actually going to California when everyone was like leaving California, right? Cause COVID was a very interesting time. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of chaos happening. Um, but anyway, I was out there and I met this guy, his name is Raphael. And he had this concept of building, they're called bow homes, building optimization worldwide. And they're self-sustainable off-grid homes. But it's very similar to what like Tesla did for the car, which is they built this roadster, tested it out. But like, it's really just a golf car with golf cart with a battery and like a cool shell. So we wanted to do sim something similar with the, in the housing market. So these homes, you could put them in hurricanes, you could put them in tornado alley. Um, and it's such a simple structure and there hasn't been a, a redesign in the home and housing industry. I mean, since we came and settled here and the boxes are not natural boxes. Mm. First of all, in California, uh, Raphael, he built like 300 homes. He's a volunteer firefighter. So they burn down immediately. Yeah. These homes will not burn down because you could have water recycled around them. And so anyways, it's kind of very interesting because I was this lead distributor for this, um, superfood and, uh, mushroom company. And I was, I was distributing them. And then all of a sudden that kind of just dissipated. I lost a team of a thousand people. And all of a sudden it opened up the space for bow homes to be birthed, which is the beginning of this year. And so we launched it. We're launching our first project in Joshua tree. We want to launch 12. We're actually going to launch 12 projects, eight here in the United States. So places like Zion, Sedona, high, uh, highly desirable places for people to want to go to. And we're going to and we're doing it a different way where you don't even have to come out of uh, pocket. We're doing something what's called stacked financing. So we're, we're, we're revolution. We're not getting venture capital money. We're, we found a process, this company out of Arizona, based on your credit, you have good credit, you can get business loans. So it's not even against your personal credit. You can get, instead of like 10, $20,000 where you go get five credit cards, these guys can get you like 150, $200,000. So then we, we're, we're taking money from the credit, building the assets, and then we're going to refinance them, pay off the credit, and then we're just going to roll it into the next deal. So, and there's 0% uh, financing. So it's, there's no you know interest on it for the first like 12 to 24 months. So we're in the process of doing this and dude, we're going to, we're calling it Mars on earth. So like, um, Raphael, he used to work with, like with Tesla and he launched solar city in Southern California. So we're all about self-sustainability off grid, but these homes, homes cost a lot of money to build. Like I've been in real estate for 18 years and the problem is labor a lot of times. So it takes nine months, 12 months. So these homes, you can build them 30, 60 days. We can build them, but they're super freaking cool homes and we can build them in Costa Rica. We can build them all over the freaking planet. And the, the great thing about it is like it's affordable and you can join the bow buyers list for free. And then eventually when we launch it to the public, it's gonna, they're going to be worth money. So if anyone is interested in them, that's that's my like side project. That's my my passion project is to help people reprogram their subconscious beliefs so they can really, truly live who they are. And then the, the real estate stuff is just something that's we have amazing transformation. Like it's not just about making money and being profitable. It's about building community. The people that we have that are coming into this space are incredible. We're all about just like fucking doing it, dude. Just transforming the world and not having to worry about all the nonsense that's going on out there. Yeah. And when we first talked about this, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about this. So one thing's about helping people with their internal mindsets and beliefs and getting them to take action on the things that they know to, to create a better social interaction with each other. I think, sure. and and by the way, uh, yo, Josh, what's up, buddy? It's good to see you. Thanks for popping into the, the group and saying, saying hi. What's uh, up, dude? 
it's good to see you, brother. Uh, and so the other piece is I think when people have certain resonations, you generally fall under certain patterns of behavior. So I would love to have a, a small group of friends who all live together in the same area, especially because we know that society, us inside cities and these areas, it doesn't feel like the way we should live, which we want to kind of feel is have a tribe of people in a kind of new modern way. And I love the concept of having, you know, these, these high-end sustainable homes, places where a lot of people, your friends could all live, other people could live, where it's all kind of, it's self-sustainable, it's modern, it's, it's, it's up to date, it's redesigned, it's rethought about that. And same thing that Elon did with the Teslas and those, he same thing he did with the space industry as well. Everything, they had old, old computer systems, six, 1960s computer systems in those spaceships and they've now, rockets, they now have modernized it. So what I love about that is, is taking the, I kind of feel myself in two areas. One, I love high-end technology, virtual reality, high-end, as crazy technology, you can get bio, biofeedbacks and all the other things. I'm all about that. Same time, I love sitting by a campfire with my friends. I love right. doing those type of things. Those things are really fun. So blending those two things together to me really is very inspiring and saying, how do we take what works in the old modern ways of us being connected? And how do we bring that with the new technologies in the modern world? And that's what I think you're doing with these boat homes and what I thought was amazing about it. So I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it and, and kind of give you just a little chance to communicate what's going on and why you're passionate. Because I feel if you're in that same type of space, you figure out how do I reinvent everything about myself, who I am, where I live, what do I do, the people I'm with, and how do I change the environment that I surround myself, both my internal and my external. So I think it's really cool the thing that you're doing with that. No, I appreciate it. It's it's um and we talk about it every morning we have our nine nine AM calls and they're not just like normal like calls. We we talk about we talk about this. <laughs> like it's like it's like amazing yeah. to think that, you know, the leaders of this planet you know, the people that I believe that are going to truly transform the planet are the ones that have the courage to really hold that vision and draw the future in. Right. And and that's really challenging to do if we're stuck to our past. But like nature, right, nature is is just the ultimate technology. And we have all this other. I mean, look at how fast life is accelerating. Right. Like to me, COVID was a huge wake up. It was just like basically like, guys, wake up like it's time right it's time to uh to create something different and you know old systems uh to me i you know the collapsing of other things and and the death and rebirth are to me synonymous so it's like what can we create where we can get to have it all with regards to you know community to our health to how we live to how we we're interacting with one another and I think yeah. it would be nothing cooler than just have a cool fucking house with cool fucking people doing cool fucking shit. <laughs> like that's great. I mean, it sounds like great tag for the for the website. I think you should put that. It up, does. Man. We say it's yeah. we'll, we'll make cool <laughs> at home. We didn't say fucking, but we did put F in. That, that yeah. came in our branding script. Just, yeah, because we're I, like, it's just a cool fucking house. Like, what the fuck? That's <laughs> great. Well, as as we create new solutions to old problems, we invent new problems. You can't invent the the ship unless you invent the shipwreck. Uh, you can't invent the airplane unless you complete the airplane crash. So if you invent a solution to an old problem, you create a new problem. What I love about that is we created a, a solution to us being able to work together, and that was cities. And there's some problems that come along with this. What I like about that is we're now reinventing it. You're reinventing the new way that we can live together, 
right? Which we'll probably have some new problems on the way, but it's going to get rid of these other issues of us being isolated, us not being sustainable, us not being all the things that we know to be true, but we just have, we don't have an easy path to get there. And that's part of what technology is. Technology mm -hmm. creates, it, it magnifies our intent. And it makes it easier for us to do what we intended to do in a better way. Meaning you could have this conversation in person by a campfire, but instead we're doing this online over an online space, which is just magnifying the intent of our communication. And that's what I like about what you're doing is you're trying to solve this problem that we all know to be true, but you're creating a pathway using this technology. Yeah, it's it, technology is just it's just a, a way to accelerate what it is that we're already. And so it just depends on how do we use the technology. Right. Yeah. And so the people like with the intent, um, our intention is really that like how we started the conversation is to create the new earth and the new earth is whatever we make it <laughs> like it's whatever we come together and it's just, it's not a set thing. Right. So mm -hmm. it's a constant evolution of who we are. Uh, and that's the exciting part about it. Right. And that's 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 why I'm really like Joshua Tree just being as, a, as the first destination. I just can't wait to come out there and actually, you know, meet you in person, see you in yeah. person, but also, you know, we, you guys get to like experience these things yeah. and we're just going to do it in, you know, we're going to do it in the coolest places, Zion, Sedona, Costa Rica, different just locations and why not? hundred percent. Oh yeah. I got that contact for you. I'll share with you after this. Um, a bit okay. Joshua Tree. That's something we talked about, but to bring yes. that, bring that on home with what we're talking about, new earth and all that, what is your Holy grail? For all the things that you're doing with the the university and the new earth and what you're doing with the bow homes what is the flag in the sand that you hope to achieve by all the effort that you're putting into this life wow that's a great question so you know my my intention is for all of us to be able to really tap into who we truly are and it's like well, what's that mean actually and so what 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 I, what I envision, and I've had this vision since I was a little boy, is that, that we are this infinite love. And so, you know, infinite love coming from a place of like full acceptance, unconditional love. So if you look at the journey to freedom formula, I'm this other guy's group, and he talks about how it's like, first is awareness, right? Becoming aware is the first step to transformation. Then there's radical honesty, radical honesty with myself. And so having radical honesty with myself now gives me the ability to have radical honesty with you. So we're having a conversation now. We can be authentic. I could share with you that there's no shame. There's like the guilt and shame is still there, but I share anyway because I'm not going to let that stop me. So you have radical honesty of, of myself with you leads to self-acceptance, acceptance of all of myself, right? So that's who I am. Now I can actually deeply accept you as a human being. I before had it turned around. I would accept everybody else, but I wasn't accepting myself. That created a lot of pain in my life. So once it, once you go through this formula, uh, radical honesty, deep acceptance, now it leads to where this is my vision, unconditional love of myself, unconditional love of my fellow being. That is the portal to everything that we desire. Mm -hmm. As long as we're being radically honest and we're deeply and fully accepting ourselves and each other, that's where the new earth is born. Mm. Which is all, like an almost, when I think of it as the ultimate form of unity is deeply loving myself and you as if we are one. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's going, it's cutting through the illusion. It's cutting yeah. through the, the, the disconnection. So to me, God is just connection. I am connected. Yeah. yeah. So if that is the Holy grail, what is the dragon that 
that prevents you us from attaining that holy grail our resistance literally it's our resistance to what who we truly are and it's believing the lie that um was indoctrinated uh, into me either by society's norms or by you know some sort of past generational trauma that's just been and this is what's interesting about the ultimate game of life it's like whatever you guys believe to be true about god source energy to me it's like okay i'm blessed to be here in this body right having this experience called life so what am i going to choose to do with it to me it's about as we evolve consciousness uh i do it within myself gives the next person the next the better opportunity so when i say i have kids and I deeply and fully accept myself. Now I can, that's the best gift I can give my, my child is by deeply, fully accepting and loving myself. Now I can deeply, fully accept and love that baby. Imagine we started doing the compound effect of that, starting inside instead of going outside of ourselves. The world will be like, whether you believe you come back in, uh, into this life or, you know, we haven't even talked about like, you know, aliens and spirits and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I truly believe death is an illusion right like when i this body because I, I when i when i was using heroin and my best friend died and he was mm -hmm. 19 okay and i went out and i flew out to to salt lake city to to identify his body i was 24 and my ex partner was mormon and it was interesting because the parents were like they couldn't even speak at the funeral and i was just shooting heroin with them like a week before and i felt guilty because i told him to move out to salt lake to clean himself up and then he died so i, I felt guilty and ashamed that I told my best friend to go out there, my girlfriend's brother, who we grew up together. And so when I went and I identified his body down in the morgue and I saw him, this is the first time I really understood. I'm like, holy fuck, we are not our bodies. It was like looking at a suit. It was like looking at just something yeah. that was inanimate. And I was like, that's not, I go, I don't know where my friend is, but that, that he's not there. Yeah. And this is the first point time I, I fully understood, like there's, there's something beyond what I can see or feel or touch. And, and this is where I, I really, I believe we are just reincarnating ourselves until we finally get it. <laughs> like until like, like some of us get it, the challenge is everyone's in resistance to it. And so they destroy the person that gets it because they're in fear of it because the fear is like, they're, they don't even know what love is because they never really experienced it. They're sitting in those lower frequencies of gain, shame, shame, guilt, fear because they don't even know what the experience of love is so then what do we do we reject it we resist it we actually ostracize it yeah so it's it's a very interesting thing game that we play i love that i, I completely resonate with that because when i you know when i've seen you know gone to like family funerals i've seen like my, my father's body i've seen these 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 bodies and they don't they're they just seem that's that's not the person that it, it seems empty right there's an emptiness in it it's, it's like, just a, it's a shell yeah, it's just feels, like a suit. yeah, it's which is which is a radical and it's interesting because we are so insulated in life. We have everything prepackaged, right? Prepackaged meat, prepackaged. We don't ever really see death, so we don't really come to terms with it because we've been insulated from it. Somebody else does the dirty work, and then we experience what life is. Unless you live on a farm or you're in other places, you don't really get a chance to see that cycle of life. We only see one half, like the Disneyland version of it, but we really don't see, you know, what happens. And so it's it's a it's an interesting concept about the death and rebirth and kind of almost like in order to cycle through it, you would need to solve the generational traumas that you have and that other people have had before you in order to kind of pass on and move through. That's the work.
Yeah. So many of us are, are rejecting the darkness and so many of us are resisting the darkness. But what we forget is that we are the darkness. We're, we are the light and the darkness. I have the same ability, like Hitler, if you look at Hitler, he was a reflection of our own consciousness. The only reason why Hitler was successful is because <laughs> the people believed what he was doing was true. Right. Happened with the deep fear, primal the, blame, shame, guilt, and then rallied a, a nation. They just rallied around it yeah. out of fear. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know how much time we have. I may I have one more quick story I could share sure. with you just to kind of sure, illustrate, yeah, sure. you know, one of my, the biggest, um, most painful experiences I had when I was deep in my addiction in like 2010, I just got married and I was playing poker every single day. And I, I partnered with this guy, his name is Renegade Fox, triple X, F-O-X-X-X. You could check him out. Big, huge black dude. Anyway, I partnered with him because I thought I was going to become a millionaire. <laughs> and um, I gave him all my money and I gave him all my friends and family's money. It was like 26 of us. And it ended up being like a, a scam Ponzi scheme. Uh, and so it was this Christmas time. And I found out he took like a million dollars from this other woman, another half a million from somebody else. So anyway, I started going to Gamblers Anonymous meetings and I started like cleaning up my life. And, you know, my, my ex-wife was drinking 26 or 24 beers a day. And it was just, it was, I was living in a lot of chaos. Um, but about six months later, uh, on a Sunday, like God was like talking to me and said, get up, Aaron, just get up. And I was like, okay, what's, what do you want me to do? God? And God, it was like, go to this Al-Anon meeting. Cause I was going to Al-Anon meetings to deal with my, like I wanted my ex-wife to stop drinking, but I needed to stop. <laughs> it didn't matter. It's so funny how these things work out. Anyway, so I go to the meeting yeah. and nothing's happening. And it's like the meeting's ending and I'm driving home and God's like, I'm driving by this church and God's like, go into the church. And like my, my past is like, I don't believe in church. I don't believe, cause I didn't, like I was brought up like with that, all those belief systems. I was like, why? And I started questioning. I was like, no, why would I do that? And it, it was so loud. It was like, go into the church. And I, and I was clear enough to be like, you know what? I'm going to listen. So I walk into the church and who's sitting in the back row of the church? Renegade Fox. Oh, he's sitting in the back of the freaking church. I'm like, what the f on my mind? And I'm just like, what the yeah. fuck is going on? This, I'm, I'm tripping out now. Right. So I go sit next to him and I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing here? And he goes to me, he's like, He's like, yo, man, he's like, last week I had this spirit come in and start strangling me. He's like, I'm trying to find God. And I shit you not, I started thinking, I was like, oh my God. He's like, is this guy scamming me again? Like, this is, guy, this is a really good scam box, yeah. right? So I'm sitting there and I'm kind of just like, I'm like, just like in shock. And so anyway, the pastor starts going into his sermon. And so the pastor starts telling our freaking story. He starts going like, I know there's a guy out here who's a scam artist. I know he took all this money, did all these things. And I'm like, and I'm now I'm like, wait a second. I was like, this guy's got to talk to him, right? And so I went up to the pastor after he spoke, and I was like, hey, did I was like, did this guy tell you his story? He goes, he goes, no, that was God. God was channeling this through me. And so Renegade goes to me. His real name is Wayne Wayne Carswell. Mm -hmm. He actually ended up going to jail ten years later. But anyway, so he he goes to me. He goes, hey, he goes, do you want to get baptized with me in the ocean next week? And so where I lived at the time in Miami, I lived on 76th and Collins. There's an old Native American burial ground right across. And I never knew this. I was just always drawn to this area. The, the Bermuda Triangle comes into Miami. It's supposed to come into this park. And the Native Americans, they knew something was special about this place. So anyway, I was like, you know what? This is, this is the first moment I took responsibility for what had happened. I was like, he didn't steal the money from me. I gave him the money. 
there was some of this deep, and, and what happened was because of this deep pain that was within me from all my traumas from when I was a kid, I had to create something so significant and so intense to, to wake me the fuck up. This is the problem if we don't resolve our traumas. They'll wake us up regardless if we're if, eventually. And so I said, you know what? So this, I, I was like, I'm gonna forgive this guy and I'm gonna get baptized with him. And I'm gonna do, I'm gonna actually let him go. And so when I got home, I saw, my wife was like, where, where were you? I was like, oh yeah, you know, I saw Renegade Fox in church and she's like, what, did you kill him? And I was like, no, I'm gonna get baptized with him in the ocean next week. And she's like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> She's like, what is wrong with you? Anyway, that marriage ended up not working out. There's a, whole other, a lot of other stories about that, but wow, man, that's incredible. Yeah. But there's that, there's that, there's that, that anger, that rage, that blame. That I've noticed it with myself is it's a, it's a, it's a anchor that holds us down. And when you can forgive and let go and accept the people for who they are, there's a lightness that comes over you that lateness comes over me when I just say, you know what, whether they did me wrong or not, there is a piece of me that's on me for that. And when I accept responsibility for myself, for the situation, there's a, it opens up the heart and it, and it creates this versus the armor that covers the heart from trying to protect ourselves from the, the world around us. So that's, that's a beautiful thing. Way to, way to bring that on home. I, I love that. And I appreciate that with that, with that being said, uh, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? You know, I just, I think, um, I, well, first of all, I appreciate you, you know, just having this space and for us to be able to to have these kinds of conversations. And, you know, I said, you asked me originally when we first got on, like, what is my, uh, what is, what, what am I hoping to get out of this conversation? And really what it came to me, I said, a prayer was to to serve the highest good right? To serve the highest good of anyone that's listening to this conversation and have people understand like it doesn't matter where you come from or the, the pain that you're in or you the pain that's that's even to come. There's always, we always have the ability to face this pain and to resolve it within ourselves. And I've, I've it's taken me 47 years of being on this planet to understand that actually the pain is a part of the process. <laughs> it's just a part of, and the, the sooner I accept it and, and love it and appreciate it, the, the more fuller of a life I can actually have and live instead of resisting. Cause otherwise I could just live half a life. And how many of us, uh, you know, are going into the grave dying and wishing that we had done something different. And I, that's not going to be me. But, I don't think yeah. that's going to be you either. So. Yes. Uh, songs of quiet desperation, you know? Yeah. Um, no, yeah. no, no bueno. No bueno. So, I love yeah. it. That's beautiful. Pain is part of the process. And with all of that being said, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, so if you're interested in the Bow Homes, just go to B-O-W-W-H-O-M-E-S, uh, mm -hmm. bowhomes.com. You can sign up for free for the buyer's list. If you're interested in becoming, doing the stack financing, just watch the videos and just set a calendar date with me and I'll be happy to talk to you about it. Uh, we are giving some shares to Bow Home Manufacturing for the first group of investors, which is, you know, a huge opportunity with no money down. And then also, I mean, you can go to my Instagram, which is I underscore my initials, which are Aaron Umasny, A-Y-M, and then underscore U, Y-O-U. So it's literally I, my initials are I-M-U. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I was born with that name, so I don't know whatever it means, but uh, 
um, uh, they can, or just Aaron Umasny on Facebook. And I'd be more than happy to talk to you. If you're interested in this four-step process, I will tell you this. Um, I've got this all, I, I've just been doing with a lot of p different people. I'm, I am giving a guarantee where I'll do the process with you. And if you don't get the results that you're looking for, don't worry about it. Love Price it. is free. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a great guarantee. Kind of guarantee. Yeah, guarantee. Beautiful. Aaron, so. thank you so much for your time, brother. I really yeah. appreciate you coming on, rapping with me. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I'll see you on the other side. Look forward to it, brother. Thank you Take so care. much. Take care see now. Ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.